That's okay, man. It's all good, man. You just got to go with the flow, man. Just keep it easy. No. Good morning. It's Monday. It's okay, man. Welcome, everybody. Hope your Monday's going cool. Hope everybody's blessed. Health, welfare. And for those who are unfortunate, let's give a moment for prayers and blessings, especially those victims over there. And I believe that was Sutherland or Sunderland. Texas, unbelievable. Um, I I just I just um, take those moments to say I'm thankful for every day that I can breathe. You know, and again, Monday morning had to mention that right off the bat. Another mass morning. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Morning Coffee. Dealing with those technical. Forgive me for that. Forgive me for that. As always, the updates. But you know, challenging times, challenging times. Another Vic, another mass murder. Yeah. In America. Yeah. And Keeps even though, going. you know, people keep talking about it, but, you know, I, I have that point of view as a physician, I guess because working so much time in the emergency room. Yeah. I'm aware of how many mentally ill people are out there. And and that's what, and the point that you and I have discussed over and over is that, you know, compared to the amount of problem here in the United States, compared to the amount of problem right. uh, that we just don't seem to be recognizing that mental health is a big deal. It, it really hasn't happened as a true awareness. Yeah, true. And... Uh, because that's what these people are crazy. Well, a lot of the people are crazy. They don't want to say it. See, that's, that's what they have. And there's the, well, see, crazy is not a, a medical term. But there's a bunch of medical terms that would apply. But the point is there needs to be a system to deal with them. We should have a system in place. Uh, I agree. I, I think when people uh, start to wake up and realize that the brain is a gift, an amazing gift, but it's also a weapon. And and what I mean by that, whether it's voluntary or involuntary, the capacity to sit back and use its own reasoning for whatever the reason is can become a weapon. So a lot of times I know the argument is going to come with the gun control issue. And in a perfect world, um, for whatever reason, if the extent of a powerful nation is to say that you have to live with the fact that if you're going to be number one on this planet, you just have to under understand that your society will have a viciousness and a 
a gift and a weapon of using tools that can harm, maim, and kill others. And that's the price you pay for being the most powerful in the nation. To say that the capacity is, is that collateral acceptance is just a way of life. And to me, that's what we're dealing with. So since I'm not a politician and I'm not getting into all those, I just do know that sometimes the brain is a wonderful gift, but it can also be used as a weapon. You know, I'm sort of frustrated, but I have this, I guess, and I'm thinking out loud again now, Vic. For those who don't embrace gun control as a means of these of answering these problems, they should at least be willing to figure out, because there's more than one way to solve an issue. Let me just try to be the devil's advocate for a minute. Okay, let's just say you're a person who doesn't support gun control. Okay? How do you want to address the problem of nutty people killing everybody? How do you want to address that? So you got to have something. You just can't say, oh, I don't know. It's like, are you, because what you're basically saying is that, like Vic just said, you're saying that it's acceptable collateral damage to have disturbed, mentally disturbed people take guns and kill people, that that's an acceptable degree of collateral damage for you as a gun owner. See, so what I say is that at least as that, if you're going to come from the position of being against gun control, you've got to be in favor of a bunch of other interventions because there's more than one way to fight this. One of the ways to fight this is mental health care. In other words, imagine, Vic, that within the whole infrastructure right. of schools, colleges, even employment, there were ways to sort of identify people in mental crisis right. and provide for them. Right. Where you knew you could go get help when you reached a point of mental crisis. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But, if you, but, but it's, it's not there. But it's, it's a dream to have. But then at least that'd be one way of an alternative. Well, I, right? I, I absolutely agree. I don't, I don't. Look, I'm not saying that you're going to get rid of everything. But unfortunately, the model of what we live and stand by because of all the things we're successful at as a nation also comes with the price of business and the cost. And right now, the cost is easier to perpetuate finding ways for, say, your medical condition to be absorbed by the billion, multi-billion dollar platform of medicine, biopharmaceuticals or otherwise. Just give them some pills. Just give them some pills. Give them 15 minutes. Get them out. That's it. It's a business thing. It's not a cultural enhancement thing. And there's going to be people who need care for the rest of their lives. And it's not just because they get over a certain age. It starts early. And unfortunately, the the cultivation of taking care of our people, we are moving further away from it. Even through the discovery of new medicine and practices that you see that are being addressed, but you got to pay for that. You got to pay, and 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 you got to give them health care to give them the new practices to give them the new. The new medicines you have to provide. One of the things that comes out of these tragedies, Vix, is a, is a change of consciousness. Yeah. Remember, I told you about that, that I was arguing in medical school that health care mm-hmm. should be a right. Right. Okay, and I was challenged on that. And it took to this day, now how many, 30-some years later, Right. now the consciousness of the American public is that health care should be 
a right. It should be provided by the government. Right. Should be one of they're taking your money. They're doing a bunch of things, and this it, that is part of the consciousness right. of today. But it took all this time. Yes, so mental health care will have to go through a similar kind of consciousness. When we be, when we as a society begin to believe that it should be done. Right. Something should be there to care for people. When we believe as individuals, then something will be done. Yes. Yes. And and um and I'm just going to say I thought the the tide would change uh with Sandy Hook. I thought that was the tipping point because we was talking about innocent children. When that happened, unfortunately, until this day, I still, you know, just still shake over the fact that um, that did not springboard any level of any type that the children would springboard. But you know what springboarded? The possible threat of ISIS. Well, let's go put all our money in. Right, I said, but right. if we go ISIS look at. Oh, yeah. It, no, the, the, right. Most of the tra- traumatic events that happen in the U.S. come from our own kind. So money gets to get put where they believe the real threat is going to be in the conduct of business. And once people understand that, I just say start rallying yourself up to be more of an entrepreneur than an employee because business has collateral damage and collateral acceptance. And we're dealing with that right now, man. So it's acceptable that this is going to happen And uh, the right to bear arms for everybody is a right. Even if you're going to have to confront us. See, this is in Texas. Right. So Texas has got to confront us. Texas is one of those places. So there's a price to be paid for all of this. Unfortunately. In Texas, there's a price to be paid. Yeah. And that's sad. And uh, But something has to be done. Like I said, my challenge is if you don't believe in gun control, then what are you going to do in place of it as a, as an intervention? Yeah. Like, you know, it's not, I would be happy if the if the president would announce a new mental health program that's national in scope with a big time funding. Right. They fund just like they fund the military, fund that. Fund mental health care throughout the United States of America. Right. But that's not going to happen. No. no. That's what could happen. Anyway, so our prayers go out. Our prayers go out. Our prayers once again. And America once again in shock. And we here at Paxdale TV, citizen journalists, our prayers go out to you. And um, I don't know, Vic, we, we pray for a solution. At least we, play, we pray for recognition right. and acknowledgement of the degree and scope of the problem because then that'll lead us to action. Yeah. It'll take something else. Hopefully. Yeah. All right. Mellow. We'll come back with some announcements, but just take a little mellow moment, man. We need a little mellow moment. Here's the hot picks of the week slideshow animation. I get to do a slideshow animation every week with the wonderful photographic efforts of my partner in crime over there, Victor Allen. And usually when Victor's in the pick, it's Miko taking it, but sometimes it's me, and sometimes it's me shooting the two of them. (laughs) Here's the latest slideshow animation, and we'll be right back.
sound about the heat. And I know all the pieces I love that. I love making these slides so anime. I, I, I love it. I like making it. <laughs> I hope it shows. <laughs> I hope you guys enjoy those. Those are just typical. I The slideshow animations are really typical of the ways that Victor and I have done things and have managed to morph. Stop that, you. Have managed to morph even the littlest things. You know, here we do. We had a routine that when we would do shows, we often had guests and we would take pictures. Vic would do pictures that we could use on the website. So he would do those at the end of the show. That started to become a routine. Since he was doing it all the time, I said, well, I might as well play some mu- music yeah, while true. you do it. Works. <laughs> and works, then after man. a while, we, Victor was talking while he was doing it. We had the mics up and playing music. So now it was a thing. So now it was a thing. And then at some point, Victor started writing little skits, and that morphed into I, Victor. Well, in the same way, that whole session created the routine practice of how I handle the photos. Victor shoots the photos, and every week I process those, resize them, store them, archive them, install them at the website, and make a slideshow animation every week. Yep. Every week. And it's, and it's, it's a wonderful task, so I hope you enjoyed that. Hey, you guys. Gotta acknowledge some of the connections, okay? Like Vic, mm-hmm. Facebook, a, a growing, growing audience. Gotta say hi to Mac. It's out there, Mac McAllister, the uh, GNM bureau chief, our brother from another mother up in Port Townsend, Washington, who does the pre-show. Now animated, he's now doing the slideshow animations. Oh yeah! So I uh, hope you guys enjoy that. And, and Philip Cusper's there. Uh, chatting and talking to you guys. Hey, so you know what? The whole way that we come to people is changing, you guys, because there's a changing value out there in the world. Obviously, Facebook is more important, and that's why so many of you come to Facebook for our live broadcasts. All of the software integrations that we're doing now are having increased implementation for Facebook, YouTube, and some of the other places. So Vic and I are wrestling with that right now. You may have noticed the, when you go to the watch page, different players. So I'm working with that. We are changing the ways that what players we use, how we do, how we're doing things to adapt for the future. Now, why? Because, you guys, the wonderful thing is that now we have to beef up for an increased interaction with Amazon. The fact that the pack stereo episodes are going to soon be listed on Amazon Prime as an Amazon, as an Amazon Prime selection for you means that I have more work to do, and especially when we're talking about doing it weekly. Yep. So we're talking about weekly additions to Amazon Prime of the Morning Coffee Show and its sub-segments and the iVictor. So I want you guys to know that's why all this stuff is going on. There's a revamping of Pack Stereo, an increased presence at IMDB because people are recognizing the, the producers of web series 
And for those of you who have been with us, you know, Mac, you might want to go get you some IMDb credit. Because <laughs> you've been doing it too. You've been doing it too. And so this is why everything is so exciting here at Pack Stereo TV. We got uh, the website. I've been do. I've been working on it. <sighs> A lot of things are getting better. The newsletter is going out. Make sure you sign up for the newsletter. Over forty two hundred members now at the website. Come and be part of our community at that website. Our um, we're just having a good time with that. Okay, you guys. So now, this week, tomorrow, Tuesday night, the Quiet Storm theme is coming out of the cold. Sexy music for cuddling up with someone. Or if you're an imaginary blow-up friend. <laughs> <laughs> whatever, whatever you think. Whatever you think. Uh, unscripting Mario Hemsley continues to shoot on Wednesdays. We don't tell you what time. It's usually about one or two of them, but we'll see how that goes. So just keep an eye out. Friday Night Agenda. This week, it's blowing up. We're going to have it again, the full agenda this Friday, starting at 8 o'clock. Well, starting at 7 p.m. is the pre-show. Got to tune in for that. Pre-show is always hot. Uh, one of the regular features on there is Gary Taylor, the Indies Indie, so you got to check him out. Then at 8 o'clock... Mario's Magic Mixtape featuring our favorite male vocalist, Tyrone Dubois, the R&B historian, and myself. We're going to be waxing eloquent as we present you our favorite male vocalists. And again, there's a mini concert as part of that show, and that is a surprise to be revealed right before showtime. At 9 o'clock on Friday, the award-winning I, Victor, featuring Miko's Challenge that's looking like it's going to be something good again. It's good to have Miko back. That, our baby girl's working hard. Oh, yeah, man. You know, keeping the grind going. You know how it is, man. You got to sit back and bring something uh, fresh and new. She did the zip line the last time, you know, which was like the Vegas getaway. And uh, kind of ran into what they call some envy, you know. The, the, brothers, the brothers thought that uh, she went away to kind of hook up with somebody else. So, you know. Some of the characters was challenging that mm. and tried to bring their own swag and sway. Mm. So we're going to see if they can continue that groove. But, you know, the challenge is on Miko and the easy work is on I, Victor and uh, the rest of the crew. And uh, like I said, it evolves and it continues to. All right. Coming up Saturday, special performance. Vic, want to tell them about that one? We got Nils. Nils yes. is uh, you guys are going to see details. You're going to see a lot of uh, postings. Throughout the, this week, Saturday, uh, right in that time, we're going to get started here just kind of probably doing some prep live, showing you some probably elements of the live, more probably through your mobile devices. But look for that show to kick off around pre-show time, around 6 or so, 5.36 pre, and then we'll kick it off and give you the official time. But we want to make sure that we can handle the crowd. Not everybody's invited, mm. but there is invitations. All right, man. Dress appropriately. Yeah. All right, we got to reset. You know, we, we divide the show up into four sections specifically for our Facebook audience. And so now I have to reset that. And that means you have to refresh your page there at Facebook. I give myself 60 seconds to do all this. Starting now, here we go. Stopping the Facebook stream. Get ready to refresh your page. 
Facebook, you have to refresh your part. There we go. Okay, Facebook's connected. So, uh, it's going to be some news today. Mm. We got the full, this is part two of the show. Right. Consisting of the news, schmooze, marijuana for dummies. <laughs> so, let me see. You guys ready for some news? All right, let's, well, let's do it. Ladies and gentlemen. It's time. The good news, the bad news, and the other shit. Wow. Welcome to the news segment of Morning Coffee with Mario Show. Your unique show consisting of Vic and I. And our version of citizen journalism. One of the things we want to start off right, we started out this whole show today acknowledging that America had another mass murder. We talked about that extensively in the monologue segment. And one of the things we have pledged to do is to remind you continuously to think about what's going on in Texas, Florida, the U.S. Virgins Islands, and Puerto Rico where the, where the efforts have been less than exemplary. So we want to remind you, and we will continue to remind you every week to have a moment to stop and think about Puerto Rico, what's going on right there. Controversy going on because what over the contracts, $300 million contract, they're still trying to figure out how that happened. Yeah, uh, you know what? Uh, you know, I happen the good old fashioned way, right? You know, you can add commentary if you like, but it is what it is, right? It is what it is. Yeah. But the big story that I wanted to talk about today is that is how the Russians attempted to affect the past election, because as it turns out, the Russians specifically targeted black and white dissension. As part of their campaign in the Trump election. In other words, they sought to sow the seeds of dissension amongst certain segments of the voting community in order to affect the election. And Vic, I'm starting to read more and more things. And as a techie, I'm fascinated and very impressed. One of the things that you and I know that it's almost impossible to get rid of bad news that someone puts out there. Right. 
the way you usually have to do that is by combating it, by putting out more of your news so that your news now dominates the search. Right. Well, it looks like the Russians took all of those con- those concepts to heart because they did hundreds of thousands. Imagine what you could do with 200 people. I, we had this conversation. Give me 200 people working eight hours a day posting things. Right. I can guarantee you success. You take that back to your boss and, and your boss says, you tell your boss, you say, yeah, well, we ought to double this. And your boss leans over and whispers, no, let's quadruple it. Right, <laughs> right, right. Because that's what they've done, you all. And what's amazing part of the, I think part of the issue is, Vic, that no one wants to admit they've been duped. I remember this feeling. Coming up in the 60s and 70s when you would think you would understand the government. You'd find out that part of what was going on was some COINTELPRO. Right. There's stuff they learned. They learned one to start their own organizations. Right. So that you would join. The Russians used all of this. They started things going, got you to join. In things where they where they went out and put ads themselves as Black Lives Matter and other things, as Muslim groups. Right. But imagine again what you could do with just, if you give me a staff, <laughs> I can tell you what I could do. Right. And this is what they look, looks like they did. Again, the big problem, Vic, is that people don't want to admit they've been duped because it's so painful. I, I get it. Because if you think about the current election, they, one thing they are so careful to say right. is there's no evidence that the res, Russians affected the election. The election. There's, there's no evidence that the Russians affected outcome. Right. I said, it depends how you look at the evidence. Well, let me give you... The, me, Trump let, won. Let me, That's evidence number me, one. Part of the platform that they were doing at a lower level, they were sending money to certain organizations, right? Has any app before the Russians used it ever sent you any money? No. Have you ever had apps here? Don't they do that practice already? Yeah, actually, even <laughs> as the, the U.S. does, you, in foreign so what's, countries. Right. So the difference is, is that the they didn't start they, it. They did a better job of it. The U.S. Just, does the same thing I, in other countries. I, I agree. They took it to an art form level. And then the ad thing. See, that's on our level. They think how trending this is. They went on Facebook and all these places right. and put ads up. Some of the stuff that people are talking about is just amazing. Wait a minute. Some Do, of the don't ads. You, don't you remember the days of Manti Teo? Don't you remember? How's this yes. any How's this any different when they say you yes. got catfish or whatever? The issue becomes that it was acceptable behavior until our political platform, which is always slow. <laughs> they're very slow in adoption of practices when it comes to social they media. They're terrible at it. Yes. I said it. I will keep yes. saying it. Yes. I said, you got two ways to play this. You can be real with it, which you guys are never real with it. And what I mean by I say that, you'll never hear the decisions, that the ultimate decisions behind their doors and the curtains that are drawn or closed. Or you can present what you want people to know about you that's not necessarily exactly who you are. All I know is, is what do you get in return for it? And a lot of people survive off the adulation. I have somebody that's bonding with me. I'm using this app. I get to communicate. I say, where are your friends at? 
Well, where's your associate? Where do you begin to build that, that allegiance with a one-to-one relationship? It starts first with people. The apps don't do it. Apps is like the game. To me, apps is like uh, the game of life on steroids. You have those, that money in your hand. It feels real. When the game's over, you put the box up <laughs> and you go back to life. I think some people really think the game of life is paying you on that board game. And they're doing that right now. So I really don't find it surprising at all. I go like, I think people look to believe that was connecting contextually through apps and other forms. Uh, it'll be like the people who mostly come from various countries telling you, hi, my name is such and such. <laughs> I like to be your friend. I have $5,000 here waiting for you if you send me your information. That's been going on for 20 years. Has it stopped them? No. You're smart enough to know it, but there are some people who go like, that's real. Well, And they believe it. And the shocker is that the government got duped. Yeah. And to the extent, see, it would be one thing if it was a little thing, Vic. No, it looks like the extent is enormous. So why do you assume it didn't affect the election? Here you have a close election. You have a close election. And he wins. And you have evidence of all this Russian efforts. So why do you just naturally assume it had no effect? That's amazing to me. I would naturally assume it had effect until proven otherwise and seek to establish the effects. They're not, they don't want to look hard, Vic. See, because they don't want to tell you what went wrong and how it was pulled off and why they didn't see it. That's why. Okay, and that's what they have to do because this is getting beat in the game of espionage. And this is not a vague area. This is an area you should have been looking because all of us techie people, we know you should have been looking. So the, to scope, I made this broadcast really initially to shock a bunch of black folks. Because, see, you don't think you can, same old thing. Remember I told you, everybody hates to admit they get duped. So you don't want to think that some of the Black Lives stuff you responded to was a fake ad that was Russian. Okay? In other words, they put out ads for every cause. If you start joined a Muslim support group, or, 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 or a group that was against you know, Muslim discrimination or a woman's right group, any of that, a bunch of those were Russian groups right. that were being used. And they the scope so far that they're admitting to, and I have this policy too, that whatever they admit to is way more than that. They already said they feel like half the United States actually experienced some form of targeting. Half the United States. <laughs> okay. Hey, man. You know what it is? Everybody sits back and say, you know, isn't temptation wonderful? There are some people more who just go like, I want to believe. It just seems so real. I need to believe. I just need to believe. People need to believe. Right. So just know that some of your black activism that you've been experienced on Facebook was Russian plants. Just know that. Yeah. Okay? And whatever your cause was, because remember, the scope of this is that you see the causes. When stuff hits the headline, you start a group that's protesting this. 
so that you can then send them stuff. Okay, all right. Well, the president's on a diplomatic mission that he's hoping will distract from the Mueller indictments. Attorney General Sessions has been caught lying. <laughs> you know, it's so funny. They go out so far out of their way to stop, to keep from calling you just a liar. So Sessions has been caught lying now because there were all these meetings. Jared Kushner was at the meetings. I already predicted jail time for him. So it looks like Kushner and others are in Mueller's focus. These kind of indictments that are out there against Manafort and Gates, those have prison time attached to them. Now, you have to understand, even though it may be a country club prison for all of us regular folks, for them, it's not a country club because they're used to all the fine life. Manafort supposedly recently proposed putting up over almost $13 million worth of property right, just to get a bond or whatever to allow him not to be under house arrest. Because he don't want to be up, and he's in a mansion or whatever he's in. You know, it's comfortable. You know, he's eating good food, got cable. You know, steak, shrimp, and lobster. Good drink, good champagne. Probably bringing in the good weed. So Manafort ain't suffering, but that house arrest is kicking his ass in the house he has. <laughs> excuse me if I'm not. Why are you laughing, man? Excuse me if I'm not. Why are you laughing? You're laughing because he got pinched. I'm going to use the old term way way back. He got pinched, man. Hey, look. Okay, let me ask you this. He weighed the risk, right? No, I don't know. He may just have been silly. Let me ask you this. No, 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 no. We have all taken risk in life, you know, in many different ways where we say, oh, I got this. I'm at my best practice now. I can actually pull this off because I'm stronger. I got a lot more going for me. Oh, I can now make moves. I can challenge. I can sit back and check because you think you have control. But the dynamics, the dynamics of what I remember I told you in the earlier segment, I said, the brain is a wonderful gift, but it can be used as a weapon. Have you not been caught short where you thought something was going to happen and didn't turn out that way? Dating, for example. Have you? That's a sensitive area. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, bro. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. That's a sensitive area. I'm just saying, where you think you're in a good seat and you get caught short. Oh, well. Because you roll it. There you go, and that's the word. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, that's the good news, the bad news, and the other shit. Yeah! And the other shit! Come on! Say hi to Shukla. Hi there. See, I had some. I had some wonderful co-workers and Kaiser. You guys, Aurora Milan, Shukla's in. Wonderful co-workers, excellent professionals, tops at their craft and caring. So I, when I see when I see some of them in the chat room, I or logging on, I have to stop and acknowledge again because workplaces are people. And I have to admit that there is a wonderful crew, a run, wonderful group out there, Kaiser Panorama City, and I want to say hello to you all there. So 
There we go. <laughs> All right, we got to get ready for marijuana for dummies. <laughs> Love. The Little musical interlude. Between two people. We'll be right back. Deep, See. charismatic, compelling, creating a union that is telling. Listening to, you're watching, morning coffee. Feeling your soul. From love arises a booming energy. Sending the world a message in a bottle. There is more to show. As the love grows and kicks into full throttle, the fused unit produces a message that becomes a more powerful whole. Even more powerful. And I love info. We go here. We go there. We go where.
music. Where do we go? Love Shadow. Remember, for copyright reasons, we can only use certain music live on the air. And, and this music is part of that Creative Commons movement. The movement that allows for artists to share their music with you for free. And invite you to share with your friends while they retain their rights for commercial use. Love Shell Shadow's a big part of that. And that track, which we love dearly, Where Do We Go? Featuring Melody, Romancito, and Silk Words. So uh, go and get some. You can get it at dig.ccmixter.org. Okay? All right. Ready for talk about some, talk about weed? <laughs> <laughs> Every day, maybe hit the snooze, turn on the local news, but nothing good comes from a one sided point of view. Marijuana for dummies, come for the info, stay for the reefer. That's right. Come for the info. <laughs> Stay for the reefer. I know. I love it too. That wonderful, wonderful jingle. Welcome to uh, Marijuana for Dummies, where we resist the miseducation of marijuana. We resist it. And so we're here to, to educate and inform and also share the experience. Today... As part of my research, I am enjoying cookies and cream. Uh, now, they're indicated, they told me in my dispensary it's a sativa, even though it's, well, so I thought we would go read about what they said online because, you know, more and more we're seeing, yeah, that, see, here you go, that was more my experience. In my place, that's why you got to be careful with these places. You know, because sometimes you may disagree with their information, Vic, okay? So, like, some of this stuff, I smoke it, and I say, oh, man, that's too much stuff. <laughs> Making me use it. I say it seems to be more than a sativa, because sativas, again, to make it simple for you guys, in general, sativas supposedly, supposedly, allegedly, give you more of the cerebral effects without so much of the physical effects. Right, you're not pinned to the chair like a typical. <laughs> right, and I made the comment regularly that if you get up in the morning and have an indica, you may go back to bed. <laughs> okay, Listen, I need to get work done, so I tend to have sativas in the morning with my coffee, uh, and I just thought that this cookies and cream, which I just picked up, and I picked up half an ounce. Okay. I went to and I posted the pictures, by the way, on Facebook that I got one and a quarter ounces of free, and a, they give you an edible with that, okay, for $200. That's one and a quarter. Right. I got an ounce and then two more ace. 
Okay? Right. For 200 bucks. Now, one of the half ounces that I got was this cookies and cream, which they told me was an indica, and it seemed a little heavier than that. And now I'm reading online, and this one place says they call it 50% indica and 50% sativa. People like the strain. So this is where you have to see how they affect you. Right. To me, it was a little heavy-hitting for morning to me. It still felt more like an evening smoke. So I'm yeah. just indicating so you guys know that. Okay. And again, that's cookies and cream. I like, What's happening is that as some strains establish and maintain their foothold, and I'm trying those strains, I'm re- so I decided to share with you the online reviews and do my own review. Okay. So, you know, we can talk about the weed, okay? <laughs> now, some of the news that's coming up, though, is amazing. One of the one of the news stories that really is kind of looming large in the L.A. Times has to do with the kind of taxes that they're going to be putting on the weed. You know, California, Las Vegas did it in like three months. California's got a year, and they're still not ready to do stuff. Right. Because, again, it's about how they're going to do it. Remember, I was also in favor of the having the lounges, right. mar- marijuana consumption lounges, which is now jumping off in Las Vegas. But, you know, these taxes could almost double the price of an ounce of weed. And Almost double the price. This is sticker shock. They're warning. We don't even know exactly. But this is in the L.A. Times California high taxes on marijuana is going to cause some sticker shock. And there's an obvious reason for that. Money. Well, more than that, though. Even more than that. Let's just say this. I have to smoke while you're saying it. Is there any proper uh, regulation? No. They write the regulation. My point. Yeah, that's my why point. Different, regu- right. different regulation in Las Vegas. Oh, right. Here's they the, pay the here's liquor the company transport. Will it grow the industry, the taxation? See, I'm, I'm, I'm putting both I don't both know sides. if the taxation will grow the industry, well, but they'll ride was, the industry. Well, okay, then the taxation is just for the uh, profitable state-by-state tax to sit back and bundle up what they call yeah, a cachet so it, uh, and a wealth. That's what taxes are for, for the wealth right. of the state, for so the coffers yeah, right. of the state. So, and does that, in the alcohol industry, did they not do the same practice in the beginning? Yeah, they just lobbied. The, yeah, and so you, the we lobby right. is going to one day be huge, like the, out, like the alcohol, um, yes. tobacco, and firearms lobbies. Has it benefited you when you go out to get your choice of Napa Valley wine? I don't know. This may not <laughs> double the price because the price of weed, I gave you the, to tell you, okay, okay, in my place, they used to list the top shelf as being 245 an ounce. Right. Even though every time I went in there and asked for the best in the shop, right. they never gave me those. And they said some of the stuff is just higher price. It's just, it's not the when right. people like the best, it's higher price. Right now, Vic, it, it's gone down to two hundred and five dollars right. for an ounce premium. And remember, based on what I got, I got an ounce and a quarter in a free edible right. for two hundred dollars. Right. So the price has been going down. One of the things we were talking about is the price going down further. Mm-hmm. And so this looks like it may step on that. So if they do that, then you're going to have black market weed. Every people See, first of all, you, the law allows you to grow. Right. So once people grow, they're going to sell. 
Yes. And there you go. So now you're yeah. going to still be, if so the taxes may actually cause the development of a whole black market system of marijuana, well, cultivation and sale. Well, there's, there's legal black market, and then there's black market, right? <laughs> At the same time, right now, imagine if everybody said, we have to cease, the whole planet has to cease and desist drinking alcohol. The only way we can live and thrive in this industry is totally collapses is if we install a 35 to 40% tax on alcohol. How many people would vote for it while cussing it out? We already tried that. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, man. They have a high tax on alcohol. Yes, they do. But cigarettes is the one that's crazy. I think a pack of cigarettes is now 12 bucks. Yeah, it's just different culture. Can you imagine that, Vic? Right. A pack of cigarettes. They should have priced it back in the 30s and 40s. It would have made a gang of money. I know when I was in Amsterdam, they were telling me, when I was in the uh, coffee shop, the, the guys from, uh, the British guys are telling me that in London, it was like over 20 bucks for the bargain cigarettes. Like $22 a pack for the bargain. Well, Demand's down, right? When demand's down, price per carton or price per pack has to go up to make up for the difference in volume. Did that with uh, sodas. When, the, when everybody started drinking water and willing to pay for water, they started giving you more sodas to say, look, we need to give you more to augment this. You know, they had a choice. He says, well, if we give you more, he says, why? He says, because it really doesn't cost that much for after we put all the ice in your large soda. <laughs> you really... It really probably cost maybe three or four cents. And we were making a thousand, fifteen hundred percent markup on it. Well, we're just going to make nine hundred percent markup, give you more and just keep giving you more. The battle is on. It's a market share, man. So um, I, I see this going the same way. Yeah, once once it becomes that area where you say you can't go without. People are still paying for cigarettes at that exorbitant price. They are still paying I'm for blown cigarettes. away that they're still doing that, man. They still are paying for yeah. cigarettes. Well, the spread is on. The other news, I had a couple other news items that crossed my desk. One of the ones I thought was kind of good is that uh, recreational marijuana. Looks like it's coming to Canada pretty soon. Another reason to visit our friends north of the border. Okay. The Canadians. So they're looking at recreational marijuana coming to Canada. They've had a more relaxed attitude in general. Right. Another item that I thought was really important because I actually believe in this is that veteran groups, I'm talking about veterans here in our military, are now pushing for medical marijuana treatment of PTSD. Just from my own experience of how marijuana affects me and my stresses. Right. I thought this was a given. And I'm not the only one. A lot of smokers will say this is what it helps, those yeah. kinds of symptoms. Right. Yeah, that we see people. So I just wanted to bring that in. Everybody, that's marijuana for dummies. Times are changing, but some things stay the same. You start each morning with a cup of coffee every day. Maybe hit the snooze, turn on the local news, but nothing good comes from a
Yeah. Wow. Here's another track that we love very much here at Paxterio. We're going to be coming right back after this for our transition to part three. New New Sports. It's to you. you to go and get those tracks okay all right you know it's time for that do our transition to segment number three for those at facebook remember you're going to need to refresh your page i give myself 60 seconds to affect this at transition starting now here we go I'm gonna go get the metadata the post Stopping that Facebook stream right now. Get ready to refresh your page, Facebook. I know.
looking good on Facebook. Facebook acting weird, it won't let me. Part three. Part three. Are you ready? Yes, sir. That's right. It's time, ladies and gentlemen. Victor Allen's New New Sports, written and directed by the bald-headed black man, his unique fan-based view of sports. Brothers here to make a wish. The ladies had nicknamed him Sexual Chocolate, and he reminds you just appropriately sports bras and jock straps for the New New Sports. And ladies and gentlemen, here he is. Here's the sports man. Here's Vic. I got to put in a request that we have to cut those claps down at least three or four seconds short. I got to edit the claps, man. got to edit the claps, man. A little bit too long, you know, and I understand that it's very important. But it really seems like it's overkill, like as if we've done some comedy routine and we, we're not comp, comic routines here, man. Hey, look, first of all, I'm going to give you big ups, man. Uh, you popping off with that tie and shirt this morning. Special event, man. Is it because you went to the Lakers game and they won last night? What, what was up? Yeah, that was part of it. It just looked good for the people on, on, you know, on Monday. Plus, you're the one who said that the Lakers, you told me, I thought it was the gonna Lakers going to be a blowout. You know why? You know, easily, easily. I was, oh, I was totally wrong because, you know, I I believed in that whole philosophy of, hey, this is Memphis. This is the defense. They bring it. But I just forgot they came in to sit back and crush the Clippers. So they're on that back to back. And you know how they say it's not an excuse. It's not a reason. They did beat the Clippers. They beat the Clippers and they brought it. They did not play the same way with the Lakers. Right. Well, yeah, he's in Sacramento. But what they did with the Clippers is you could see the focus. When they got to the Lakers, I'm not saying they weren't in that mode. It's just that everybody knows when you better perform in the day of, the day after. And so I just took that to heart that they would step up and be the ultimate professionals. But I love the way the Lakers are playing. Unfortunately, man, we're not going to see that day in and day out. But you got to witness it. So they beat a top contending team that, you know, got to give mad respect to Mark Gasol. Man, he's becoming what they call, I just call him automatic, man. So I want to give props to it. Celebrate. Lakers are clipping that 500 ball. So, hey, recognize game, but it's still early. All right. Hey, look, you know, Mario, um, a lot of us are still getting over the tragedy. You know what the tragedy was, right? The Dodgers. No, there's, there's a lot of tragedies. <laughs> tragedy, man, the Dodgers. Oh, that went well. We're saying we didn't have a show. It was just so good to compete. No, no, I, I love the series. Still memorable to me. The only thing I really kind of compare it to is probably maybe the Angels and San Francisco Giants back when the uh, Angels were taking their own world title and Barry Bonds was just lifting those home runs back to back to back, just going. You know, everybody was just waiting. But, you know, there's always this thing where we relate with life, man. And you've heard of the term, it's good to be the king. It's always good to be the king. 
but wonder if it's good to be the king and the queen. So just imagine, Mario. Wait, that sounds a little sexually ambiguous. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Good to be the king and the queen. And the reason why you can oh, say it's that. it's good to be both. Oh, it's good to be both. at the same time. Yeah, yeah. And the reason why is because there's one thing when you win the championship. But you top that off and you win it with that lady, that woman, right? And let's just top it off. You win it with that lady or woman who's considered top one percenter, top point five percenter. So just imagine that here you are. Mario's about to deliver his Silicon Valley world title. And in the in the on the stage on the side is your baby girl. And then you basically go, you know, baby, I got to win this. I'm in their hometown. I got to make it happen. And you do. And she comes up all smiles. So now you got the hotness. You got the ring. You're the king. And what do you do with it? You go get hitched. So now you won the world title. You're a Cy Young Award winning pitcher. Mm. You beat L.A. in L.A. Well, what do you decide to do? This is, this is putting salt on it. Let's go down to the next graphic. This just put a little salt on it. You beat L.A. in L.A. And you say, well, baby, after you get hitched, let's go home to our Beverly Hills mansion. <laughs> so wait a minute. So I just want to let you know this is a teaser. This is, this is that one where you go, it's good to be the king. It's good to be the queen. You got the title. You got the queen. You got the hotness queen. You go home into, in the city where you just defeated that team on their turf. Can you think of anything else, Mario, that could top, put a top on that? And don't say Disneyland. Don't say it, man. A baby pregnancy. Oh, <laughs> uh, see, 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 you know that's coming, right? Yeah, well, you know, I don't know, but. <laughs> wait, wait. What's left, right? One wonders. Okay. I'll say it even better than, like, better than this. Baby, let's go home to our 5.5. Let me clip that down. 5.25. Because after you win the championship and you go back to your $5.25 million mansion, price just went up, right? As soon as they sit back and say, oh, world title championship couple. The market value just went up on that house. Do you stay? Just because of fans. That's yeah. right. Do you, do you stay or you turn it over? What would you do, Mark? Well, you stay for a while. How, how long is the while, man? As long as you feel comfortable. It looks a little modest as houses go. Yeah, well, this is Beverly Hills, right? Yeah, so you could probably go, you know. Well, you know, they never get, get something more. Well, remember now, you know, it's one thing about these shots, and I could bring more shots, but the reason why I don't is because they just give you that view. And then you get behind the trees, and then you see more view. Then you go inside. You're paying a premium because it's yes, Beverly it Hills. Yes, it's it not is. just like other states where for that same Oh no. You get more land, more acreage. No. Oh man, you should see if you ever want to see something, you know, uh, just stay tuned for a segment I'm gonna come up with hot picks. Where it's just amazing where where you roll is where you where you roll, but the turnover property is unbelievable. So hey, just congratulations because I said at this point, it's off season. The man got the woman, the woman got the king, king got the queen, got the ring, got hitched, and they're chilling in the backyard of the team you just defeated. That's just salt on the wound, man. So, just had to get that moment of recognition. Got to take you to what I call a little bit of history. And I always believe that history can come at times that you're just not necessarily planning for. 
So yes, this is the New York Marathon, and you guys already heard about it, but I just have to give some perspective on how valuable it is because Shalane Flanagan, of course, 36 years young, comes in and wins the first marathon title by a U.S. citizen or for the USA in 40 years. Where were you in 1977? So first, let me give props to her because she took a break from the circuit. And when she took a break, she comes back on her first race and it's as if she needed that time and comes in. And I've watched her run over and over again and to come off of a break and hit this at 36 years young. The, the part that she was so shocked, Mario, she could not. She just couldn't believe it was happening. So I have to celebrate and tell her as a as a person who's at 36 how far would you run? What? 400 meters? 100 meters, man? About 50. <laughs> See, you're not. You know, just amazing. I watched the, the reports on this, Vic, and I have to admit, you know, just her general vibe and energy that she showed in that last part. Wow. That was touching, you know. Right. I, you know, I was having flashbacks to moments in my life where I thought I had accomplished something or whatever. But it was that kind of a thing. It was an inspiring, uh, inspiring experience to watch her celebrate. Yes, you could tell she, she was in awe. She, she was shocked. Yes, yes, she, it was. It was something to see. Yeah, she was shocked. And hey, look to roll it to roll it down to the next uh, frame here. You get to see what she's always wanted to do, and is that hold that flag. And, and and here's the part where they were talking about. They said, "Should you now go off and say?" done or is she one of those people that says i just love to run and i believe she will continue to run because she's gotten better going towards 40 which to me is amazing in itself what she's doing you never know where life is going to take you, you got to ride that horse right well you know what? i want to do some relation relate relative to the situation so i can give people a perspective of how long the drought has been 40 years you guys 1977. Let me give you an idea of some of the things that were happening back then. Hey, did you know the average rent renting was $240 when you went to go rent an apartment? $240. I got one even better than that, man. Average house price was $13,650. Mm. 1977. Think about the idea that you're literally going the average uh, income per year, $15,000 a year. <laughs> you shake your head already. You already know what well, that means. Everything went more too, right? <laughs> right. So you got, and you were getting paid nothing. Right. Five, there you a, go. Wait a minute. A five inch, five inch portable TV costs $147. Now let me say something that's relative to that time. TVs are getting cheaper now. Because of the advent of technology and what you can do through your devices and everything. But relative to how much people were paying for TVs, that was fairly cheap. Um, they said Middletown, New York, a ranch, three bedrooms, two baths, living room, family area, and a double garage, $33,000. This is 1977. Um, the B, I saw something with a BMW, man. I, I don't know if I got it in here. I was just blown away. BMW 320i. The brand new one, $7,990. This is all 40 years ago. A bikini for women, 
$9. Wouldn't you like to throw I, that back? You had me thinking for a minute just what we used to spend. Yeah. What mm-hmm. did we used to spend? Right. I remember we were going to Fast Fat Burgers and complaining because the burger was like $5. Yes. Yes. You remember that? And it yes. shows you. So I, because I was thinking, then what would we used to pay? A dollar fifty for a hamburger or something? Right. Just because McDonald's back in the beginning was thirty five, wasn't it fifteen cent or something? Yeah. 20, yeah. So I, what was the first McDonald's burger? It was something like it was well under a dollar. I thought it was thirty five cent or something. Yes, yeah, we're cheap. Yeah, right around there. Even maybe cheaper at that time, man. I yeah, mean, I don't it, remember, but it goes to show you what we were used to. Mm-hmm. Uh, Think about Paying. it. Gas. 65 cents a gallon. We were complaining when it was 65. That's, that's right. 35. That's right. So I'm just letting you know when to sit back and say when a drought mm. happens, this is what happens. What can you say? What can you say? Going to take you over to what I call a moment where I don't spend a lot of time, dude, talking about this. But when it pops up, I always think, is it just a moment or does it represent a small change? Now, Miami Dolphins coach Adam Gates had a stance that he really was telling people, you know, stay in the tunnel. <laughs> Don't come out here to kneel. If you're going to want to kneel, stay in the tunnel. Well, he relaxed his stance on kneeling. Now, of course, unfortunately, the Miami Dolphins lost to the Oakland Raiders. But to give you just the explanation of what happened here, Coach Adam Gates had established a team rule requiring players either to stand for the anthem or stay in the tunnel. But the players, Julius Thomas, Michael Thomas, and Kenny Stills, told Gates that waiting in the tunnel was interfering with their game preparation. Gates told them he preferred they stand during the anthem, but respected their right to express themselves and relax the team rule. For the Dolphins, the game was the first since owner Stephen Ross joined with his players to create a fund for social justice programs would you say that's a step or half step in the right direction Mario? yes okay even though all right quarter step well what happens is you when you stop and think what you want to be the final outcome all right all right in other words say you wanted it to stop what would you do to enforce that? Just so that you, the NFL would have to do some program, a big promotional campaign, where they put X amount of dollars into X, Y, Z. Right. And in return for that, they could also agree to retake the anthems out right. of the games. And then maybe they could come to an agreement. But you're going to have to, what happens with these kind of things, I start thinking ultimately, what's the end point? Or is there an end point? But you, but people should be questioning what is the endpoint, and what would equal that? Could it be possibly an endpoint? Well, one thing we have to accept: racism will never go away. True. I don't expect it in the next. <laughs> yes, some kind of is right. within man. Right. You know, once you don't have racism, it'll be the people who live on that side of the river. Right. It'll be something. It'll be You'll something. something. You'll find an yeah, argument or be, position. It won't be race, but it'll right. be something else. It'll it'll, be the, it doesn't matter if you look alike. It'll be because you're taller, shorter, you live in a better house. It'll be whatever it is. What I'm saying is, did the owner get ahead of the game by saying, well, let, if I can't, yes, I'm going to establish a proactive way of saying, look, I'm still a business. 
I still want you guys not to affect the bottom line, but I also want to direct my energies towards something that even if we don't have the solution, it shows that I'm still for the right where I see there is some concern about the treatment of minorities and African-Americans. So this is what I'm going to do. I look at what he's doing now, whether that existed already or not. The idea that it's a proactive step and not just a hard stance it's a little bit different than what the other owners were saying. Well, and he's only a little proactive. He right. was confronted by players. Yes, he was. So it wasn't like he said, here's my but, own idea. No, but he did not so sit in the seat. he responded to a pressure with what and, we and, think was the proper way. Right. And then what I'm saying, rather than to sit there and just be the hardcore, not say anything, not do anything, that's why I said, is it a half step, quarter step? Well, like I said, it would have been different had it been his idea. True. True, as always. As when you get pushed. Right. In other words, so, because what he was really was confronting was, let's say the players say, we're going to do this. Right. Now you're in a position where you have to discipline them or not. So you get forced, so it's easier to not discipline. And it is. So you would want to have a room to give in. Right. Because in terms of labor relations, blah, 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 which this actually comes down to in a lot of ways. So you're going to have rulings ultimately. True. Whether it's whether it's entertainment, you still have labor relations and employee-employer relationships that end up coming into. And and until an organization as we all have been part of, or many of us have been part of, we've been part of many organizations that were very lax in their comfort of their culture, until the buttons were pushed. And they used to get those in, you know, the the older ways with strikes and everything else. So when buttons are pushed, we just say, hey, how do you how do you step it up? Okay, I just wanted to get that point in, but just just to give recognition, even though they did lose the game. That's just a smaller story. I want to get it called. Let's wrap it up, because a couple of categories I want to recognize from the host of games that were happening. And then I put on the Web page the standings in all divisions for those who just want to click through and just say, see the data. And I always believe, let's just look at the more important things at the time and see if they have meaning. And if any of the teams I'm about to point to, are they players or is it just early in the season, which we're really at the halfway point. I looked at four categories here. On the stats, I said undefeated at home, Philadelphia Eagles, Buffalo Bills. Undefeated on the road, Los Angeles Rams. That's, that's still shocking to me. Best offense, Philadelphia Eagles, Los Angeles Rams. Best defense in the league, Jacksonville Jaguars, Pittsburgh Steelers, Minnesota Vikings. Those are the stats I look at rather than to break down and look at what they call even the point differential. Because there are some teams I know right now that give up more points, but they're playing above 500. And I know some teams that are actually doing some staunch defense but have lost more games than one. Any of these teams that you see, Mario, are players, and in the end, will be players going into what we call, even beyond the first round, second round. Look out for them, because they say defense wins championships. That's why I put the offense, and I put the defense. And I'm kind of shocked by one or two teams who I'm finding as defensive players. Any teams here that you expect to make an impact going into the playoffs? Well, yeah, I mean, I think it's obvious who's going to probably be the impact. I, I guess I was looking more what you were showing here, at least initially, right? 
as to who was doing so poorly. <laughs> it's bad. It's San Francisco, <laughs> zero terrible. and nine. Yes. Okay, Tampa Bay, two and six. Did we expect and they just that? Lo- and they just lost Jameis Winston to injury. Welcome oh, they to the, did. Yeah, well, welcome to the Hurt Hotel. Oh no! And then the Giants, one oh. and seven. So, okay, something's okay. Stop there. Did you watch the game? Did you see it? No, I didn't see the game. 50, I saw the final on fifty-one in New York. Eli Manning. Yeah. Okay. I always believe there's a game of changes that happened a week ago where a team just got blitzed. I can't remember who got fired. I can't remember. This was historic, meaning that New York has not given up this many points like in 50 years. This is horrible. So is it Eli Manning? Oh, no, it's not Eli. I mean, mean, he's not doing well, but he's not the main problem. It's systemic with them, just like... What's happening with Denver? They had Brock Osweiler as quarterback. You, you know what? You, Mar, you know this. When a team is known for defense, but that offense just can't do it. Week to week, you have to exert more. It's just hard it to sustain like it. it. No, no. <laughs> man, look. I'm just saying, man. How long can you write off? You, look, think about it this way. Peyton Manning won his championship what year before last on denver offer the defense correct denver comes back to try to follow up the following year couldn't sustain it no offense they didn't have offense with peyton manning so that's three years LA's running so you can't sustain LA's it man GM, so you have to ask yourself why you can't sustain it man that's three years that they have to they have to wrap the defense around for the lack it. of LA offense. Is GM, dude. Hey man, they tried. They tried. How about Cleveland? Do we do we finally signal the death knell? <laughs> Come on, man. Because Cleveland. Come on, man. Between Cleveland, they have they, two teams. They no, they're getting on Cleveland because New England gave up Garoppolo. Cleveland and San Francisco both zero and nine. Yeah. Two teams that. Yeah. yeah. Are zero and none. But but ever San Francisco, we kind of said they're in a transition, new management, new turnover, and the whole thing. Cleveland had an opportunity to get Garoppolo, who New England, of course, let let go, couldn't sustain, and San Francisco picked him up, I believe. But the, what's pissed off about? They did. But this is the pissed off part. Cleveland was willing to give up more than San Francisco to get Garoppolo. They messed up on the paperwork. And sent it five minutes too late. They didn't meet the deadline, so they're 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 going nuts over. So they're the- imbeciles on a bunch of levels. <laughs> that, that's right. That's, that's right. stupid. Right at this point, right now, stupid is do, as stupid does. Do you boy? That means. Do you boycott or do you want to make up new T-shirts that could sell to make up for the differences in the merchandising that you're not going to be selling for the next decade? I think you get that little emoji that's like a poop. Yeah, and that we put that with Cleveland Browns. There you go. Smart, man. Smart. And that becomes your logo on the T-shirt. Okay. Any other... I mean, look. Give props to Philadelphia because they look like they're the real deal. Yeah, Philadelphia real looks deal, man. wonderful. I mean, there's the ones who are making a good enough presence, but you don't think... I don't... Carolina Panthers, but I don't believe they can go really farther. I mean, not really. And same thing with New Orleans. Even though they're showing more, Right. maybe it's the time for the Rams. You know, uh, Green Bay, I have no faith in. So maybe Minnesota. Right. But it looks like Philadelphia is the one. Dallas, 
There's a bunch of people battling for the second place. Right. And it looks like Philly is still the best team overall I, with New England, to me, right behind them. Hey, peeps, I'm trying to check you out. I don't see Buffalo really doing you. it, and I don't see Pittsburgh really doing it, even though they have the records. Okay. My question is, what happened to Atlanta? They, uh, it they just, just something. They, they say it's so hard to get back there the following, and you are who fried you are. Fried food. <laughs> You're strong, man. I'm All shocked. That fried food. No, it's not. It has nothing to do with that, man. This is a young team. Atlanta. And they can't even. What are you eating? I'm leaving that alone, man. I'm, I'm just that. saying, what would you I'm, be eating I, if you were in Atlanta? Okay, you know what? I know what I'd be eating. But I don't Let think me say this. She's still dancing. The impact of the. This, what I'm saying is this. I said best defense, Jacksonville. They going to the playoffs? No. Uh, uh, be careful now. Be careful. Okay, okay. Be watch careful. How I say this. Yeah, because. See, there's, there's a okay by, they're, by they're definition. Tied, they're tied in the teams division. Teams have to make the playoffs because there's a now they can make it with lower records or lower performance. Right, but yeah, the the playoffs going to be there with the people in it. It just seems to be, to me, right, that there's a certain class at the top. And then the rest are going to be scrambling, but they don't really have I, a chance. I'm only saying, well, they the make it. Yeah, they'll make it. They'll make it. The reason why I'm saying, Justin Fournette, of course, he had to be Jackson benched. Jacksonville's going to make it. He had to be benched. If I hope he gets right with it, missed the game. But their defense is pretty stout. So I'm giving them that because when you have a good defense, you can surprise some people. He, the Vikings creeping up, but you said the Steelers. So the, here's the issue. The Steelers. I don't believe. You don't believe. You believe. Uh, I, I'll say this. I don't believe in Roethlisberger anymore. But they got a, They got an adequate defense. They're not really scaring people with their defense. So let me say what I think is happening here. The Buffalo Bills surprise me because they're undefeated at home. But that's not a big deal. The Rams undefeated on the road. Okay. That is virtually very few teams can can tout that. And they're not trying to say we're the best defense, but you're going to have to score and they play in such a a way that's just all these unique schemes. So I I'm looking at the Rams and the Eagles as being the ones that everybody's talking about that will meet up in the Western Conference Finals. That will be the game that's more entertaining cuz they both score Got young quarterbacks, and they're not injury riddled. The key here is health. So, I'm just saying, with that, is that the teams we want to see? Because Seattle, right now, Seattle got picked oh, off by no, Washington, oh, and no. I'm just trying to figure out no, what's happening. What I'm no, I hate that group in the middle, Vic. That'll make the playoffs, but they're not man, good. They didn't they're make, not good. I'm man. sorry. No, I think their time no. is. I think they're. You know no, that you not Pittsburgh. You, well, Tennessee Titans, not I mean Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah. They're in that group. Uh, Oakland ain't gonna make it, but let's just say Dallas is in that group. Right. It's in that group. They're they're good enough to make the playoffs. Even Carolina and the Saints, I include both of them. Right. They're good enough to make the playoffs, but I have they, I have no belief that they can go anywhere. Well. I'm shocked at what Breeze is doing with New Orleans. I didn't think they were going to be delivering it. I'm glad for them. I'm glad for them, too. But also because some teams are down more than up. Atlanta right. is down. 
Carolina and some down. Don't know, like, Car- right. like Cardinals, I don't know what they are. Right. Okay. What the hell? Hey, what can a I week say? To week of the right. right. All right. Hey, look, I uh, want to take you out on this story because I do and I feel that this is a bigger deal, even though it's early, but I do believe in chemistry. Look, injury riddled Atlanta, injury riddled Atlanta edges past Cavaliers yesterday. Dwayne Wade even said it. Starters have to play better. Starters. The starting team is what I think. I believe is going to be the issue. It is the issue. It, it, and the issue is not that they don't play. The issue is, is that they're not necessarily role players. Role, D. Rose. D. Wade. Um, Lack of Thomas. G.R. Smith. Kevin Love. Caleb. He ain't hitting those double doubles like he used to. Are they just pacing and then going to turn it on after the second half. Because you know when you get older, you you, you got to pace. Because injuries will kick your ass. And LeBron James, he plays at one speed. He's delivering no matter what. And he already clipped that 50-point game already. But you don't want to wear him out. Minus injuries. Are they just pacing? No. And they- I think it's one thing to set a standard of excellence and then pace yourself mostly at that. Right. That's different. Okay, so no, they have had really, really a a bunch of moments of mediocrity. And so therefore, you should not, if you're pacing while you're being mediocre. Right. Yeah, that's not the same thing. And And that's not good. So they don't look, they don't look stronger from last year to me. I just. That's the part I I was saying. They don't look stronger. Who are your defensive stoppers? Yeah, I don't know. They don't have. Them. They don't look. They're Tristan not stronger. Tom- Tristan Thompson was your defensive stopper, but he doesn't score have. as much. Right. At least they still have. Right. K Love is not delivering on the double double. J R Smith is an outside shooter who hasn't clicked yet. D Wade is now scoring off the bench, which is cool. J- LeBron James is making up for it, but they don't have those role players that's playing those roles like Richard Jefferson. They came in to actually disrupt. You got people here who's giving up points. They still give up eight points more than they score. And when you give up more points than you score, there's a problem. That's a lack of. And I keep saying this. When D. Rose gets hit the ball in his end, do you see him going, I'm about to shut you down? No, he's trying to score. The, the chemistry issues, I think, amongst pros like these, I think can be worked out. I think I think that this group, even though it's difficult inherently, I think this group will do better with time. I, I actually do. I think that they are professional enough to respond to the situation. I think they have to feel it out. So, I, to, so I'm, I'm willing to give them a break. I think they will play better together with time. Yeah, I think when you already are looking at synergy, that's one thing. When you're looking at defense, that's just a lack of effort. It's always been that. And people just don't make their cheese on defense. They want to make their mark on offense. And so somebody has to step back and say, I'll be that defensive. Don't look for D-Way to do it. Okay? Don't look for him. That's not his role. He's coming off the bench to carry the second wave. In the meantime, the starters, they have very little scoring. It's coming from one or two people. And then a little bit from their bench. So the starters have a synergetic problem, and they just don't have the role players. But, man, hey, that's it for me, man. I hope you catch the uh, Monday Night Football, man. Um, man, 
Yeah, I think it's Green Bay, man. I just, you know, injuries, man. I'm done. I'm done, man. That's right, Victor Allen's new sports, written and directed by Victor Allen and his unique fan-based view of the sports happenings. It is a recurring segment every Monday, part of the Morning Coffee with Mario show. Enjoy it. Right, Vic? Tell them how you think. Order your sports bras and your jock straps so you don't get confused. We'll see you there. All right, that's Victor Allen's new new sports. Now to reset our machine to get ready for part four. Hot picks. I give myself one minute. All right, we're affecting that transition. Those of you at Facebook know that you're going to have to refresh your page. We're going to be stopping that broadcast right now. Welcome back to part four. Coming up next, hot picks.
Okay, hey, we're going to close out this Monday with the last segment, the hot picks, which is currently always evolving, um, being able to recognize different aspects of empowerment, not only from the aesthetic end, but also the accomplishments. And so I decided to follow up and say, let me do uh, one called Chill in My Neighborhood. And what I mean by that is athletes whose homes are away from home. And when I say that, I say, well, athletes have a few homes on the court, on the field of play. They're a home where they grew up and then the home of accomplishment. We're going to look at the home of accomplishment. And specifically in a particular area, we're going to call this, hey, welcome to Southern Cali and the various athletes who have what they call their homes here, specifically in four or five different areas. Beverly Hills, Brentwood, Bel Air, Malibu, and Pacific Palisades. So the, the key here is to say, which athletes uh, domicile would you want them to say, invite me over to your crib? Now I'm giving you guys that old term. That's back in the 70s. <laughs> back in the 60s. Back in the 80s. He says, you know, invite me over because that's me. That reflects my type of community. And that's what we're going to do here, Mario, whether you rate it or not. But to give you an idea of how impactful this community we're focusing on, I'm going to give you what I call the first recognized location of a mansion called Chartwell. Currently, Chartwell, the Chartwell Mansion is in Bel Air, California. Right now, it's currently listed as the most expensive property in the United States going at $350 million. <laughs> so, i give you an idea. Because I'm not giving you all the facts on this. But it's 10.3 acres. It's featured in the entrance to the 60s show, The Beverly Hills Building. That front door that you see there is the Chartwell entrance. Now, of course, they probably didn't get to go inside and do anything. They just made it so when you saw them drive up, that was the Beverly Hills Billy's home here. And uh, the Clampett Mansion. Built in 1933, 38,000 square feet. Has 12 bedrooms, 21 baths, 40-seat cinema, bowling alley, a $12,000 glass pool table, and a decommissioned helicopter on the roof. So, I don't know what that means. <laughs> you know, wait a minute, what you mean? What does that mean? I think what it means is that they're not able to use it anymore. <laughs> Either legally oh. or the helicopter got old. So it's, um, <laughs> right. it's looking good. Right. So just to give you an eye, this is called chilling my neighborhood. And so I'm not saying that the athletes that we're looking at are rolling like that. But they are neighbors. And so you have some here that also are on these properties because they're in the location of the place they're playing in. So I'm going to start you off with a couple here and see if it's your flow. So we're going to take you up to the first one, keeping it local. You know, Mario's always hung out in Malibu, so we're going to go to Malibu. Let's go over to a DeAndre Jordan spot. Los Angeles Clipper, you got a $5 million chill in my neighborhood spot snagged a five bedroom six bathroom mansion including 4600 square feet the home also features a movie theater and a living room that opens out to a covered terrace 
a creative design interior balcony that can be assessed with a ladder indoors. Nice. <laughs> Angled ceilings and dual shower. Not overwhelming. He's right there in the spot. Wise money. Has to spend it like that. You like that spot, man? You like I, like, I could do that. You can, you could do that. Right? I could do that. Well, okay. Now, was there any particular features that hit you that... Well, I just like the look. The yeah, the look. Man. Man. It's like that look. Yeah. And to tell you the truth, DeAndre actually had a more expensive spot. I was closer uh, in Pacific Palisades, and then he got wise and went down to something, and the, this spot looks better. I like this look. I didn't want to bring in the comparison because I don't have enough time. So we're going to start you off with that number one and see if it rolls. Now, I'm going to go to the next listing here because I believe this this brother's into total secrecy and, and mystery. You heard of Area 21, right? But Area 21, that's a uh, KG, Kevin Garnett. Now notice, this is about as close as you're going to get to see his house. <laughs> you turn right off. You go north on PCH, Mark. You literally turn into a drive. Boom, goes right to his house. I mean, it's right there. So you don't get to see it because the trees and the foliage and everything else is blocking. But uh, it's $7.5 million, 2.4 acres, 8,156 square feet. Now, historically, there is a, there was an issue with this home. Now, what I like, do you see a lot of land here, man? A lot of land. A lot of land. I like land, man. I like green. He was having a neighborhood battle. A, we call this the Battle of the Billionaires, I believe. Now, of course, that's not KG. But because his surrounding area and growth started to impede the view of the other neighbors as it relates to seeing the ocean view, and he wasn't basically, their claim was he wasn't you know, taking care of it because people spending millions of dollars want that view. Now, I, don't, I didn't follow up on it. I'm not saying it's current. I'm just saying... By those trees. That, yeah. It's, 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 it's the thing that was one of the ongoing issues. I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure they already resolved it. But that was a soup that was ha- happening with KG. But what I like about this, that's a lot of land. You know, it kind of reminded me of somebody's backyard we went to DJ for back in the day in Calabasas named Eric Dickerson. That's right. All right. So... I can't give you too much of a features on this because he just didn't list all the features and you don't get the listing unless you list it. Once it's not off the market, people want their privacy. Let's go to the next one. I'm going to this one because this house was recently sold. So far as I'm concerned, it's within the last 30 days or so. And Chris Paul, now, of course, a Houston Rocket point guard. Bel Air, welcome and chill in my neighborhood. million was what he just had to give up. I love how this looks. The Mediterranean-style mansion is nearly 12,000 square feet. It has a 12-seat theater, a billiards room, gym, and a sauna. Additional features include a commercial elevator and a 10-car garage, a subterranean wine cellar, nine touch panels throughout the house to control everything from lights to 48 ceiling speakers, swimming pool, and spa. Chris Paul purchased the home from singer... Avril Lavigne and recently sold the property for $8.7 million. I mean, that happened just really, really just recently. So I still want to list this because technically he hasn't moved into his new chill in my neighborhood yet. And this one deserved recognition because I like the look. How you feel about it, Mark? 
lovely. You like that look, man? Beautiful, even though I still think I like... Uh, DeAndre's. DeAndre's the best. Yeah, I know. I know. DeAndre, because, and, and the way it looks at nighttime, so it's a different effect also. But this is, this is nice. This one is nice. Very I, nice. Yeah, it's very, doesn't look like. But that's Bel Air now, you guys, so let's just keep it real. Well, I got one that's probably going to compete with uh, DeAndre. You know, former NBA champion, didn't know he was that local. Chris Bosch. Pacific Palisades, $11 million. 10,000 plus square feet. Sits on 1.5 acres in Palisades. Mediterranean style villa has six bedrooms, eight baths, home theater, library, sports bar, billiards table, luxurious home office, gourmet kitchen, and staff quarters. Unobstructed views of the Pacific Ocean and mountains. A resort-style infinity pool with swim-up bar and lounge areas. The outdoor eating area is equipped with a full kitchen and pizza oven. Does this uh, give us some competition on DeAndre Mario? Man, this is nice. That view location is everything, Dick. Yeah, yeah. And that's a tough That one. is. See, in this one, we, we know the city. And see, what happens is to get that. Wow. Close enough to being in the city, that's what you're paying for. Oh, man. The Pacific Palisades, you're closer to the city. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. That That is... Nice. This one is... I'm mad at this, man. That that swim-up pool bar, you swim right up to the bar. You swim right... I'm sorry, man. Right now, DeAndre, you're looking good, but this one is... This one's working for me. All right, it's going to take you over to the king, you know? The king is the one that's uh, supposed to set the standard, right? So let's go to the next. LeBron James. Brentwood, California, everybody already knew because he was in the news this year that he actually lived or moved over into Brentwood. And keeping it fairly uh, simplistic because, like I said, I, I'm only giving you one shot of the property. It's nearly 9,400 square feet and was custom built by a mansion specialist, Ken Ungar. In 2011, the grounds include a pool, a cabana, and a deck. The house has two spacious backyard patios. The master bedroom shares a two-way fireplace with a private sitting room, marble bathroom, and private terrace. Deep verandas, lap lane, swimming pool, and slender deck with panoramic sunset views over mansion-dotted mountains. At 20 million, there's a lot more to see in this. I just only gave you one shot. Seems more traditional, Mario. You like you like the look, man? It's nice. I'm not like I said with this. You know, it's a little compared to some of the other ones. Right. Not hitting you yet. No. 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 But like I said, it's it's not giving you that extra extra. Location is everything, though. Yeah. yeah. Where he is, and that's in the city. Yeah. Okay. That's I get in you. the city. That's in the city. All right. Going to keep moving on here. Let me just go over to the next. You know, when I say this person's name, let me just say this. Retired undefeated, super featherweight undefeated, lightweight undefeated, light welterweight undefeated, welterweight and light middleweight champion or former champion Floyd Money Mayweather just purchased his $26 million mansion in Beverly Hills, California. French modern estate paid all in cash. 15,000 square feet with six bedrooms, eight full and two half bathrooms, paneled library, family room, cocktail bar with a display wine cellar. 
The property also has a great uh, a guest house that includes a 20-seat screening room, gym, four-car garage, and a pool and pool house. That looking like you, Mario? Looking pretty good. Here, <laughs> wait a minute. Anything specific that stands out, or is that just Money Mayweather with the look? Where is this located again? This is in Beverly Hills, man. Oh, yeah, this is wonderful. Yeah, yeah. He, he, it's wonderful. All cash. In the city. 26. Wow. <laughs> okay, all right. So I'm just letting you know. All right, let's go ahead, because you know, it's more than... I, I was going to do a part two, and I may do a part two, but I'm going to do... I'm going to look a little bit more closely. Let me go over to the woman who I believe is just working it. Serena Williams, multi-title world championship tennis professional, going Hall of Fame, you know, hey, number one in the world. Beverly Hills, $12 million mansion. She holds this while she has another one that she dropped, I think, about $7 million, $6 million for. So she got two. <laughs> so one she moved into. Family convinced. Yeah, I'm just going like, ooh, let me just, let me get right with this. She has um, 6,100 square feet. Comes with six bedrooms, seven bathrooms. Built in 1935, is one of the largest lots in the Stone Canyon area of Bel Air. The private property is surrounded by impeccable gardens, lush trees, and a private and private hiking trails. That means their own hiking trails. <laughs> Estate features include a private salon, a bar study lounge area, swimming pool, a long covered walkway that guides guests from the parking area to the entry point of the 2.7 acre house. I wanted to show you guys this long walkway. It looks like you're in a mini imperial garden almost. And it's just like it stretches as almost as, as long as a football field just to get you into the property. It's it's sick with it. You like hiking trails? You like remoteness? I'm telling you. And let me say this. There's a different touch when women go on the inside of the house. Than when the men go in the inside the house. What she's doing inside the house, man, it just has that touch. And maybe I'll get into the interiors later, but the walk up. If you guys ever want to go check up out this house, go look at the walk up. You you just want to go up and down. You just want to walk up and down. You feel like you're just coming into royalty. So let's just see, Mario, your favorite one and two and take it from the top, bro. All right, let's take it from the top. We started off this exercise with the Chartwell Mansion. Wait, that's not fair. <laughs> we can't use that one. <laughs> Most expensive in the world. Then we looked at DeAndre Jordan's pad. Right. For me, this is still my number one. Whoa, okay, you like it. Simplistic. Kevin Garnett. Yeah. Even though you can't see so much. Right. A lot of land, man. A lot of land. I like that. Chris Paul. Ooh. Wow, what an estate. Yeah. Chris Bosch. That's my number one. That's my number two. That's my one, man. LeBron James. Right. Neither one of us go for that one. Floyd Merriweather. Yeah, that's the typical right Floyd there. Floyd Mary. Floyd May- Mayweather. Right. Lord. Serena Williams. There you go. I'm I'll going... Tell you my God. Yeah, I, 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 look. It'll be crazy not to go with Floyd Mayweather because you know it's a nice piece it's that a, it's a nice piece man look it's so he just said here cash give it to me but what DeAndre has done 
by selecting this little spot. Because to me, when you're not, as you know, it's not family. You don't have a whole bunch of people there. You know, what do you do when you're by yourself? You know, how much do you cover? And the way it's situated, it's manageable. I just like, I just like how he picked that little, it's almost like a villa. So I'm going to give DeAndre the props because it's the simplistic part of it. Maybe it's just the best picture. It, it may be, maybe. But I, I still got my number one, Chris Bosh, and then I go to DeAndre's. It's my uh, win. So we just swapped out the choices, right? Yeah, got it. Good we, stuff. All right, man. We done, man. Let's get out of here. Remember, a special show coming up this Saturday, you guys. So be there. And you know, we always say, ain't nobody got our DNA. Peace and angry people.
star who pumps his own gas in the cold really fast as I pass on your gold diggy stash. I'd rather make my own money, not advance me loan money. I was spitting when you was a kid, you knew what I did, you know I still got it, why you brag about it? I be on the solo, making my money's grow essential. I'm individual, nobody's got my DNA. I was spitting when you was a kid, you knew what I did, you know I still got it, why you brag about it? I be on the solo, making my money's grow essential. I'm individual, nobody's got my DNA. So there you have it. Nobody's got my DNA.